It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Good afternoon, New York, and the rest of our listeners around the globe. My name is June Stoyer, and I'm the host of the Organic View Radio Show. Our podcast is available on iTunes, Zoom, and you can also visit our website at www.theorganicview.com. If you'd like to be on the show or would like to find out about sponsorship opportunities, please contact us at questions at theorganicview.com. Today's show is sponsored by Eden Foods, the most trusted name in certified organic clean food. When you shop online at EdenFoods.com, enter the coupon code ORGVIEW to receive 20% off any regularly priced items, excluding cases. For other promotional offers, please visit TheOrganicView.com's website. And don't forget to check out our contest section. On today's show, Tom and I are going to talk about a few new studies that pertain to bee exposure to pesticides. Some of those Information has been out there for quite some time, but there's a new study that Dr. Christian Krupke has done, which once again brings this very subject to light again. First, I'd like to welcome to the show my co-host, Colorado beekeeper, Mr. Tom Theobald. Hello, Tom. Hello, June. We're uh, sliding from spring into summer. We're getting some heat now. Well, it's my favorite month of the year, obviously, but yeah, New York is in for the same weather it's great that summer is back. In regards to today's show, Dr. Krupke has been on the show previously, and I'm glad that he is still focusing on this very subject because it's yet another American scientist that's stepping up to the plate because so far the majority of the scientists have been either from Europe or Australia or from Asia, and he's, I think, one of the leading scientists in America that is addressing the impact intensely. Yes, he's one of the few. Um, One of the others that has gotten some notoriety recently is Jonathan Lundgren in uh, Brookings, South Dakota. And also Dr. Susan Kegley, who's a friend of the show. I just want to mention her really quickly. But, yeah, I mean, we're starting to see more and more scientists that are focused on the impact of pollinator health, which is great, especially since industry is spending so much money to circumvent all the efforts. And I do want to mention one effort that a group called Environment America is conducting, and they have a multimillion-dollar campaign that is aimed at educating 700,000 Americans about the importance of pollinators and the role that neonicotinoids may play in their declines. So I think that that's a really great effort. I'm so glad that a big group is taking this on. It's nice to know that we do have allies out there, Tom, and that they're very serious about this. Yeah, this is going to become, I think, very complicated because the chemical industry and the Environmental Protection Agency are going to resist what the situation really calls for, and that is the removal of these chemicals from the environment. 
And they have allowed them to become deeply ingrained in the agriculture of this country. And to remove them is not is going to be no simple matter. But the evidence is mounting daily as to the dangers of these chemicals and the degree of the environmental poisoning. So this is going to become very complicated. It's been complicated. On social media, all of the awareness that we've raised, the independent activists as well as the different activist groups, it's been significant. But unfortunately, little by little, I've seen so many of our allies fall because they ran out of money. They started taking money from the people that they shouldn't, and it's a shame. But the bottom line is it's a very narrow road that is less traveled. I'm just glad to see that a large group is coming on board. Yes, it's encouraging. Now, in regards to the study that Dr. Christian Krupke conducted, this is something that we've been talking about for a number of years. That is the contamination depth that is going on here. People tend to think, I remember a few years back when I was talking to some local hobbyist beekeepers, they felt the impact of neonicotinoids only would be felt in agricultural regions. And even though the science coming from folks such as Dr. Hank Tenekis and other scientists were showing that that was not the case, it was not, it was not a simple discussion. And then you and I a couple of months ago talked about the impact of allergies, how people are breathing in so many different chemicals and whatnot and it's basically through contact, coming through contact with the pollen, with all the things that are out in the environment, and people are perpetually ill. To back up just a bit, June, I, I want to uh, acknowledge the lead author on the uh, Krupke study. Dr. Krupke is probably the better known personality, but the lead author on the study on the pollen, the contamination of the pollen, was Elizabeth Long. And uh, I want to give her credit as well. The paper itself, which was published on Nature.com, is titled, Non-Cultivated Plants Present a Season-Long Route of Pesticide Exposure for Honeybees. I just want to read the abstract, just a brief version of the abstract. And basically it says, Recent efforts to evaluate the contribution of neonicotinoid insecticides to worldwide pollinator declines have focused on honeybees and the chronic levels of exposure experienced when foraging on crops grown from neonicotinoid-treated seeds. However, few seeds address non-crop plants as potential route of pollinator exposure to neonicotinoid and other insecticides. Here we show that pollen collected by honeybee foragers in maize and soybean-dominated landscapes is contaminated throughout the growing season with multiple agricultural pesticides, including the neonicotinoids used as seed treatments. Notably, however, the highest levels of contamination in pollen are pyrethroid insecticides targeting mosquitoes and other nuisance pests. Furthermore, Pollen from crop plants represents only a tiny fraction of the total diversity of pollen resources used by honeybees in these landscapes, with the principal sources of pollen originating from non-cultivated plants. These findings provide fundamental information about the foraging habits of honeybees in these landscapes. Now, I'm so glad that they did this because it's yet again another study 
that counteracts the efforts of industry's multi-million dollar PR campaign to glorify neonicotinoids? Well, many experienced beekeepers and others have questioned the uh, the issue of habitat improvement for some time now, and we've been concerned based on the evidence that we've seen that the soils and the groundwater would be contaminated and non-target plants, just as Krupke is talking about, would become vectors for the distribution of these poisons. And that's exactly what we're seeing. Uh, a recent study done in the UK by the Soil Association found that 97% of the neonicotinoids that they were finding in bumblebees were coming from non-crop plants, wildflowers. And if you look at what has been a major effort in response to the uh, presidential, I, f I forget what the term is. The, Me the memorandum? Pre presidential memorandum ha has been habitat improvement. We're going to have a corridor stretching from Texas to Canada along the interstate system right through the heartland of American farming, and we're going to plant that with pollinator-attractive plants without any assessment of what the level of poisoning is whatsoever. Now we're beginning to see the evidence of just what that level is. There is no safe dose of these, and yet the EPA and the USDA are continuing to try to hide from, a, from an avalanche of evidence, uh, you have to question, at the very least, you have to question the competence of these people to not be able to recognize what's happening here. Well, Tom, I don't think it's a matter of their competence. I think it's a matter of what are they willing to say. As we've been finding, there are a number of people who are waiting for retirement to basically cash in on information that they've been withholding because they know it's wrong, but they don't want to jeopardize their pensions. And then they wait until after they're safe and out of the woods to put that information out there and to do something. And that's a shame that that's how things are happening. And it shouldn't be about that. People like Dr. Jonathan Lundgren are stepping up to the plate saying, okay, enough is enough. This is what I'm finding. And he has been severely penalized for speaking up and doing the right thing. Having said that, this study reinforces the study that Dr. Hank Tenicus published many years ago on the impact of neonicotinoids, the fact that it is mobile in groundwater, and also another study that he did, which was on the dose-time ratio. Both studies have never been argued by industry and considering how much money that they've been spending they know that they cannot negate what is factual well they're doing their best though they're pouring millions into a, a propaganda campaign that's what it is um, it's a propaganda campaign you know that as well as i do to to, uh, to bury this evidence and uh the EPA and the USDA are going right along with them. It's disgraceful, I think. And there's nobody in the management seat, unless you consider the chemical industry as the managers of the EPA and the USDA, there's nobody in Congress who's doing anything about this. 
Well, apparently there is, but the last time that there was an election, that's when they said that they were going to do something, and then we saw nothing. The only elected official that I actually know of that is working on legislation to help the pollinators is New Jersey's Senator Raymond Lesniak and actually New York Senator Brad Hoylman. Senator Lesniak has done a lot of environmental stuff. He really is a hero for the environment. Having said that, as far as the congressional leadership that we have, they only seem to do something when it comes to an election year. And now that it's the month of June, I'm just wondering, when is the White House going to issue yet its third memorandum urging for action to be taken, immediate action, should I say, to be taken to protect our pollinators? What do you think, Tom? Well, you know, the president, uh, I think his intentions were good. Uh, the presidential memorandum uh, got to the point. But he's being deceived and misled by the people who have gotten us into this mess in the first place. And uh, Either he has no clue what's going on because he has so many buffers, or if he does know, he's caving to industry. Well, I think it falls to his staff to answer those questions. If his staff is on the ball, they're not going to fall for this sleight of hand that they're getting at, from the EPA and the USDA. They're going to apply the pressure. Or they're going to recognize that habitat improvement without understanding what the level of poisoning has been is nonsense. It's incompetence. If they let this kind of stuff slide then you can only conclude that they are not competent or they're in on the scam. Well, Tom, you can argue that they didn't know all you want, but this is year three, and how many memorandums have they issued, and what action exactly have they done? So saying that they don't know, I think that's taking more of an apologetics-type position yeah. on this. It's ridiculous, especially since it was stated that they were going to take immediate action and we've talked about this numerous times the bottom line is is that they dropped the ball and i'm wondering was it intentional i don't know i don't have an answer to that well another thing that i'd like to mention is efforts by the pollinator stewardship council tom you've been kind of involved with it from the beginning so do you want to take a moment and share with what's going on with our listeners? Well, I, I don't know intimately what's going on, but what it, it's called the Keep the Hives Alive Tour. And it's been organized by the uh, Pollinator Stewardship Council. And it's an effort on the part of the beekeepers to counterbalance uh, a tour that Bayer made over the past year, where they've tried to promote the uh, the idea that the chemicals aren't involved, that they care very deeply about the honeybee, and basically a propaganda campaign. And this is an effort to counteract that with a message coming from the beekeepers. And they're starting in Brookings, South Dakota, with the dedication of Blue Dasher Farm. And Blue Dasher Farm is the enterprise begun by Jonathan Lundgren. We've talked about Jonathan and interviewed Jonathan on this program and from there they go to Minneapolis and then I think to Ann Arbor Michigan they're going to visit the Hackenberg beekeeping operation and will wind up on the 13th no they'll wind up on the 
first and 22nd, I think, in uh, Washington, D.C., where there will be a series of press releases and interviews. And um, this is an effort on the part of the beekeepers to, to present the, their message that we are not doing well out here, that we're facing very serious problems, and many of us are not going to make it if we don't see some changes. So it's called the Keep the Hives Alive Tour. And maybe before they kick off, we'll be able to interview one or more of the principals and let them explain what it is that they're doing. Well, Tom, we are out of time, so I just want to say thank you for being on the show with me today. And next week it'll be very interesting, especially with all these different campaigns going on to raise awareness for the protection of our pollinators. It's always interesting, isn't it? It certainly is. Folks, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, which has several interviews that Tom and I have done that are not posted on the Organic View, as well as our latest interviews. Thank you for tuning in. Please join us next week as we continue the discussion. This has been June Stoyer with the Organic View Radio Show. Have a great afternoon. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.